Amen. You may be seated. Man, I am so excited about uh, kicking off this Sunday and, and our daily prayer uh, thing that's going to be happening over these next several weeks. And also this year, we're going to be having our campaign that will be happening this spring. And so we'll be, uh, we'll be actually raising the money to build a building uh, so we don't have to set up on cold Sunday mornings, okay, in, in the place and, and, and go out on coals. And, you know, I don't even know what it's going to be like and what it's going to feel like. So we're so used to doing the other. But it's going to be neat. It's going to be really neat. But, you know, God is such a faithful God to us. And we love him for that. One of the things I'm excited about is uh, this coming week, and you may have seen it as I sent out an email a week or so ago, but... Uh, January the 8th through the 15th is going is our week of prayer and fasting. This is one of the highlights to kick off the year. And some of you may not have ever participated in a fast, but a biblical fast is when you give up food or water or any other pleasure for a spiritual purpose. That's what a biblical fast is. And so I know uh, some of you are saying, okay, are you saying I can't party tomorrow night during the Georgia Bulldog game? No, I'm not saying that. Okay, you, what it is is this week you need to put, pick out some times and set aside some times to, to and put away some of these things. And it, for some of you, it could be your phone. You know, that phone, that device could be for some of you. For some of you, it's Facebook, it's social media, whatever you do. Uh, but you know what it is that kind of takes you away. Some of you, it might be TV or whatever it might be that would pull you. But if you find yourself this week just taking some of that time and just devoting it to spending time with God and in his word and in prayer and even journaling, because those are the three things, prayer, the word, and journaling. Uh, and those are the key ingredients of this, what the fast is all about. And so we got a whole week of it. And we got, I'm, I remember doing, um, uh, y'all can go online and get the book. If you don't have it, it's Mark Batterson's Draw the Circle. Uh, that is a book we've done year after year here. We might even have a copy or two left back there at the Welcome Center. But here's the thing. I, I do that book every year, and I've been doing it since 14. But you draw the circle around things you're praying about, and you just keep doing it. It's a 40-day uh, thing that you get to do, and so I encourage you. And you can start that at any point. That's between you and the Lord. So it's exciting to have these opportunities come ahead of us. So we're going to be looking at a little bit today about, we're going to be looking at a daily prayer that will change your life. So I'm going to be giving you a little bit of background into this, uh, this sermon or this series that's coming up. And so <clears throat> I know many of you might have written down some goals for this year. If you write down your goals, I'm going to be in church every Sunday. Well, hey, you're one for one. You're one for one, all right? You're here. Now, if, you didn't, if, you, if that was your goal and you're not here, you didn't make it, all right? So you got some work to do. But if that's your goal, some of you have put down some physical goals. You know, whether it's uh, working out, whether it's weight, whatever it might be, diet or any of those things, you have some physical goals. Some of you have... Uh, some work goals, you've set, some, set aside some things you'd like to see accomplished in your business, your profession, uh, some of those goals this year that you have. Some have some sports goals. You know, uh, I guarantee you, the two teams that are playing tomorrow night both had the same goal. That's to get there and to win it. 
And if you don't have goals and some things along that way, you, you can't get there. You know, it's a process. And of course, <clears throat> here's, <clears throat> excuse me, I might, Sean, could you grab my water there for me? One of the things that uh, a lot of people don't do, thank you, brother. Go dogs, Man, he's sporting a ride of tire this morning, isn't he? One of the goals that a lot of people may not do is set, a, set spiritual goals, some spiritual goals. And you know, I don't know how your spiritual journey is right now and where it is, but God knows. And I could venture to say that almost every one of us in this room would probably want to have our spiritual journey better than what it is right now. We'd like for it to somehow get better this year. And, but if we don't set aside a process and some goals of how to accomplish that, then guess what? We'll end up doing the same thing. And if you don't set goals, you have committed to doing the same thing that you're going to keep doing. Someone said it this way. If you want God to do something new in you, you, you cannot keep doing the same old thing. You have to do something different. And that's the key. And so... Spiritually, for me, you know, it's real easy for me to spend time in the Word. And, and I just love reading the Word of God and, and reading it every day and, and just hearing God speak through the Scriptures is just a powerful thing. And, but some people in this room might struggle with that. You know, you might go, man, I just don't like to read. And I'm, I remember when I was that way, man, I, if you gave me a sports book, I'd read it. But if it was something, and I used to think the Bible was boring. I did until I actually got in it and began to discover this is not a boring book. This is probably the most exciting book I've ever read. And even though I've read it, I've read it from cover to cover over 25 times. And even though I have, I still continue to read it daily. Why? Because there's something new in it every day. It's something precious to discover, and, and God will speak through it each day so but now for me the challenging part is the prayer part now how many of you know someone that you when you think of them you go man that is a person of prayer y'all y'all know someone in your life in other words you know when I say okay I want you to think about the person that you would say that prays the most of any person that you know your mind's already gone to it. I asked Angie that question this morning. I knew she was working with the kids in the back. And I said, who is that person in your life? Because my kids see her as a person of prayer. And I said, who is it for you? And she mentioned Bill and Mary Ann Clawson. And they've now died and gone to be with the Lord. But those were people that prayed. They were prayer warriors. You know... If you, if you may have that person in your life, and particularly if you're going through a difficult or a challenging time, what do you try to do? You try to call that person up, and you go, hey, listen, I need you praying for this. And, and don't we do that? Wouldn't you like them to be going to the Lord? Because you know they got that time with God. And so it's good that you call them up. But, you know, I've had people call me before because I'm a preacher, a pastor, and they go, oh, pastor, I want you to pray about this. Like, I got a direct line to God, and they don't. You know, I've had some of them almost, uh, and they've even said that. You've got a direct line. 
And I go, hey, dude, if you're a child of God, <laughs> you have that same direct line, too. You know, it's, <clears throat> I'm, I'm so glad we have an advocate. His name is Jesus. He's the mediator between us and God. I don't have to go to a priest. I don't have to go into a confessional booth. I don't have to go in there and have somebody get between me and the Father. Uh, and you don't have to come to me to get to him. Isn't that good to know? You can cry out to him right where you are. Now, I'm on a, I almost uh, I talked to the kids this week about this, and Philip had this. He said there's this app. Uh, and we weren't able to pull it off for today, but it's, it's a survey app. And we could actually, I could ask you some questions. You could pull out your phone, and you could answer. That question would pop on that screen, and you could click onto that site and answer that question. And then the results would pop on the screen immediately after we did it. And here's the one that I wanted to start with. And that is, today is the seventh day of January the uh, of 2018 how many of you have prayed every day this week don't raise your hand if you had that app and you were able to click on it yes or no what would you click what would you click all right and the results are and it would show on the screen I wonder what those results would say. Do you know that they say 48% of Americans say they pray daily? Now, all you Georgia fans, I know you prayed Monday. <laughs> I know you prayed Monday. There ain't no doubt. Whew, it was almost heartache, uh, uh, almost heart attack time, wasn't it, in the overtimes. But I know you were praying Monday. But what about Tuesday? What about Wednesday? And Thursday, you know, life, here's the thing, and I'm with you. I'm, this is not a beat-up message. This is a, let's, let's come together and let's see, is there really something to a daily prayer that can change our life? Because I believe there is. Just like people have to work out physically to get in the shape and work out with their sports team to get to the championship, I believe there is that spiritual part that we need to do on a daily basis to make a difference in our spiritual lives. I really believe it with all my heart. Physically, I wanted to tell you all, it's a really funny story. Uh, a guy was going in for his, a guy named Tom was going in for his, he was 60 years old having his physical. Went and got his physical, did all the blood work, and the doctor said, go into my office, I'll talk to you in a minute. Usually when you hear that, you're thinking, uh-oh. The doctor wants to talk to me right after. He goes in, and the doctor talks to him, and he said, Tom, I don't know what it is you're doing, but you're in the best physical shape of any 60-year-old man I know. And he said, what do you do? He said, well, I walk in the morning, and then I walk in the evening, and I play golf three times a week. He said, wow, well, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it because it's working. And he said, well, I'm curious. He said, how old was your daddy when he died? And he said, Doc, did I say my daddy died? He said, no, my daddy's not dead. In fact, he said, my daddy, he walks in the morning, and he walks in the evening, and he plays golf every day of the week. And he said, he's in the best shape of any 80-something-year-old man that I know. And he said, well, that's amazing, Tom. That's amazing. <laughs> 
He said, well, it's obvious longevity runs in your family. How old was your great-granddaddy when he died? He said, did I say my great-granddaddy was dead? He said, what? He's got to at least be 100. He said, in fact, he's 106. And check this out, Doc. He is about to get married. And he, Doc said, well, why would he want to get married? He said, did I say he wanted to get married? <laughs> some of y'all going to get that on the ride back home. <laughs> but that, I thought y'all might like that physical joke. On working out but here's the key here's the key Luke in chapter 11 verse 1 it says that the disciples saw that Jesus had gone to a certain place and he had prayed and after he had prayed he was he was coming back out of that time and a disciple went to Jesus and they said to him Lord teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So it was obvious that Jesus had a pretty powerful prayer life for them to want to be able to pray like he did. And they saw that he went to a certain place and then he prayed. And that's a whole different subject. I've written a, a paper in, in seminary before about the prayer life of Jesus. And that's a subject worth studying and looking into. Because listen, folks, if Jesus, the Son of God, had to get along and pray daily, what does that say about to us? I mean, what does that communicate to each and every one of us? And, and I, hey, I'm right there with you. Because our tendency is, is what? To get up, and I've got so much to do in the day. I've got so much to get going. And you're thinking about all these other things you've got to do. And, and guess what? You are out in the thick of things, in the middle of things, and, and you hadn't even talked to, to God. He hadn't even gone to speak to the Father. And that's why I believe it's important to do it first in the morning. Now, you can pray throughout the day. The Bible even says pray without ceasing. Now, that doesn't mean 24-7, but it just means to always be in a mind of continual relationship. And they, they saw something in Jesus that they wanted to have in their own life and so they went to the right source and said hey teach us and so he gives them uh, some he gives them that but I want you to look as well and is in Matthew chapter 6 which is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible because it has that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness verse and that's in verse 33 but in Matthew chapter 6 Jesus deals with uh, the subject of giving, the subject of praying, and the subject of fasting. And then the subject of worrying, if you want to read up on that. If, if there's any worries in the room, go to Matthew 6. It'll give you some good advice. But on down in Matthew 6, we pick up there in verse, uh, I believe it's verse 9, that Jesus actually says, okay, so when you pray, don't be like the, these uh, hypocrites over here, but you go into your inner room. And you close the cloth, you go into your room, close the cloth, uh, door, and you pray in secret. And when you pray in secret, the God who sees in secret, he's going to reward you. But then he goes on to verse 9 and he says, but you pray in this way. Pray in this way. Now I think that's pretty significant. When Jesus is, Matthew's given us more details to what Luke just said in, in verse 1 of chapter 11. He's just showing us 
how to pray. And he's given us a pattern. And, and I don't know about you, but if you were on a sports team and played in the 70s or 80s, your coach might have had you say this prayer before you went out and played. But we did, man, right before we'd go out. We had to kneel and we had to say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins, our debts, as we forgive those who sin or are indebted against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. We, we pray that and we go, oh, yeah, and let's go out there and let's beat them up. And boy, that, that was just a routine that we did. But you know, the more and more I've thought about it, how easy it is for that daily prayer to be missed in our life. And 48% of Americans are saying, yeah, I pray daily. But I wonder what the survey would have said in this room. How many of us have done it every day this week? I don't know if I want to see the results. I don't know. It could either make us boastful or it could make us go, whoa. And then I even asked my kids, I said, now how many minutes a day do you think a person prays? <laughs> and what did they pray for? How many minutes a day do you think a person prays? And the survey says, well, you know, pastors, uh, they, most pastors, if I, when I get in groups with pastors, you know what they tell me? They said one of their biggest struggles is their quiet time. And I'm like, wow. But most of them are not satisfied with it. And you know, you can go to Acts chapter 6, and it lays it out for us in our role as leaders. He, he says, listen, they, there were some widows that need serving and said, well, pick seven men to do that. But you guys are to devote yourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. In other words, prayer and spending time in God's word and then ministering that word to people is your priority. Whew. You know how many, I have been interviewed on several churches to be the pastor. I have not yet had one of them ask me about my prayer time. Not one. Not one said, how much do you pray on a daily basis? Isn't that interesting? You may have served on one of those search teams <laughs> looking for a pastor. And listen, if your pastor is not praying, if your pastor is not praying and spending time in God's word, then guess what? The people probably aren't either. And so I'm aware of this going on, and I'm, man, I've been looking at me. Now, here's the average. It says average, most average, medium, whatever you want to do. 30 minutes a day for the preacher. And what is he praying for? Usually the people in the church needs and stuff like that. But when the poll comes out for what most people are praying for, it says this, most people, 82% of your average people out here are praying for family and friends. 74% are praying for problems or issues or illnesses that are go they're going through. 54% are praying for good things all the good things that are happening in their life. 42% uh, pray up for about their sin, their own sin, what they're dealing with, what they're struggling with. 
38% pray for natural disasters. 37% pray for God's greatness. And then 36 pray for future prosperity. That's pretty interesting, praying that God would bless them. And, and that's, you know, over, a little over a third. And here's one that was interesting to me. 21% of the people out there that pray, pray that they would win the lottery. Yeah. Have you ever prayed that one? Oh, Lord. I rode, man, I rode down the other day, and I'm looking at, I didn't realize how big the numbers were, you know, on the Powerball and then the, the big one, the Mac Daddy of them. But I was seeing like a 400 and something million or something those, like those numbers. Somebody might have won one of them recently. But here's the deal. 21% of the people, they're praying for that. I told this to a couple this Friday that Peter Lord, a man that I love and respect on prayer, and he says a lot of things about prayer. And he, he gives this definition. I want to give it to you, what he says prayer is. He says prayer let me make sure I get it right. Prayer is communication between God and one or more of his children. And then he said, all communication involves both talking and listening. That's Peter Lord's definition of prayer. It's communication. It's a relationship is what it is. That's what it is. And so that's the biblical, well, that's a Peter Lord definition, but I think that's pretty right. It's God, and it's talking and listening. But you know what we normally do? We do the talking, and we expect God to do all listening. <laughs> but it, it goes both ways. Now, uh, you know, who, who is your best friend? Who's your BFF? Who is it? You don't have to say it out loud. But a, my, a name should have come to your mind as soon as I said, who is your best friend? Well, let me ask you this. How often do you communicate with them? How often do you talk to them, whether it's call, whether it's a text, whether it's an email or, you know, or in person? Is it daily? Or is it more, is it once a week, or is it, probably it's, it could be a daily occurrence. For most of you in this room, it probably is a daily occurrence with your best friend. And I know my wife is my best friend, and listen, it is a daily occurrence that we communicate. Oftentimes, we don't communicate as well as we should, but we're in the process of learning. But you know, it's a daily thing. Now, what do you think my wife would think if I didn't talk to her for one whole week. Now what would you think she would think if I didn't listen to her for one whole week? Hmm. She probably thinks I don't listen to her enough anyway. She's like, did you hear what I said? <laughs> She's always reminding me, pull me in, now are you sure you heard what I said? And I have to repeat it back to her, what I heard her say. But isn't all good communication both talking and listening? And you know, I think some of us are really good at the talking part to God and because we're asking him. And he, he's good with that. He says, ask me. He, says, he actually says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me 
and I will answer you, and I'll tell you great and mighty things that you don't even know. That's an invitation from God to pray. He's saying, call unto me, ask me. He even says, ask, seek, knock. For if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it'll be open to you. So God is inviting us into this relationship of prayer and daily prayer. But listen, I'm going to tell you, if, if I didn't talk to her each day and if I didn't listen to her each day, she would know something's quite not right in the relationship. And it needs to be improved. And that's all I'm saying to us as we begin this year and as we begin this week of prayer and fasting. I'm not here to beat you up because I'm here talking to myself as well. And that is, where are we in this daily thing called communicating to God? And talking and listening to God. Peter Lord, he, he said he was riding down the road. He saw a billboard and he saw the lottery numbers. Uh, not the lottery numbers. He saw the lottery amount. Wouldn't that be great if you saw the lottery numbers? You know, and I know some of you probably prayed, Lord, let me be able to go ahead one day in the future so I can know all the info and then come back. I've thought that one before. Am I crazy or am I the only one who ever thought that? Well, Peter Lord was going down, saw the amount, $60 million. And he said, he said to God, sincerely, God, if you give me the numbers, I will give 100% of it to missions. He told God that. I'll give 100% of it to missions. And I know some of y'all have been praying a lot, playing the lottery and saying, God, if I win, I'm going to give a big chunk of it to gratis to build a church. I know some of y'all have been thinking that. And that's good. Hey, hope you win. All right. But here, he told God that, and he said, this is a man of prayer. This is a man who gave the definition and talking and listen. Here's, this is a man who lost his keys, and he says, God, where are my keys? And God revealed to him exactly where his keys were, and he went and found them. Now, that is cool, isn't it? Now, you might go, that can't happen. Try it. You know, we don't even think to ask God for stuff like that, do we? We go around and we ask who else? Kids, you got my keys? Where'd you have my keys? You got my keys. Where'd you place my keys? Instead of, God, where are my keys? God knows everything. I think I'd ask the one who knows everything before I ask someone like me who doesn't know hardly anything. But Peter Lord said that to God. And then he listened. Guess what God said back to him? He said, if the world needed gold, I would have sent the world gold. But the world needed my son. So I sent Jesus. Wow. So two guys were listening to him as he said that. It rocked their world. That's profound. And what it, those guys came away going, wow, what that means is exactly old Peter had it right when he said silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus, be healed. You can't put a price on that, can you? Gold can't buy it. Gold, money can't buy happiness. Money cannot buy joy. 
it can. But what God did send was he sent his son. And so this daily relationship is all about him. And I believe that the prayer starts, and we're not even going to get into the meat of the prayer till next week, but I wanted to give you the back story leading into the prayer because it all begins with relationship. Relationship. So next Sunday, if I were to tell you, pull out your phones, we're going to do the survey. How many of you? Week of prayer and fasting. I hope you're going to pray every day in the week of prayer and fasting. But maybe everybody in this room would be able to click, yes, yes, I feel good. I feel good. I feel great. And it's not about just being able to click yes. It's about the relationship. It's about spending time with the one who loves you and created you. And he longs to know you even more. He knows everything there is to know about you. He knows what you need before you ask. And he's able to give it, but why doesn't he? And why doesn't he always? We're going to get into some of that over these next weeks, but the main thing it is is he just wants us to get to know him better in his ways. Because as the scripture says, the ways of God are far more greater than our ways. Y'all with me on it? Y'all ready for a week of prayer and fasting? You ready to see God rock your world? You ready to go to this passage and just pray this passage if you have to this week? And then you'll learn and discover this pattern and what it means and the power of it. Because if when Jesus says, pray in this way, I'm going to take it to heart what he means. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you.